Boogeyman is real, and you found him. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bearded Horror Review. My name is Dan, aka the Boogeyman, and here on this show I talk all things horror. Each episode I will review a film, either a classic or a new release, and I'll talk about it with spoilers. So here's one warning. Um, I'll go through the film, talk about some key points in the film, talk about why I thought these points were good or bad, Um. And then, yeah, whether if it's still worth a watch or not. Um, so at the moment, I am talking about some classics. In previous episodes, I've talked about um, a couple of classic films and how they kind of set up a blueprint almost for their respective genres. So previous episodes, I talked about uh, The Exorcist and I talked about Halloween. And those are 70s movies. They set up a blueprint for slashes and supernatural kind of possession films going forward. Um, But this episode, I wanted to bring it forward a little bit uh, so we could talk about a more modern film, but a film that still set a blueprint for its respective genre. Um, And like I said in previous episodes, there is a lot of subgenres in horror. Um, Most people don't think that when they think about horror um but horror fans obviously are very aware and so yeah we've talked about like i said modern what i take on modern horror supernatural possession horror uh we talked about slashes uh, there's other things out there like creature features uh cabin in the woods films horror comedies j horror and then there's uh, the genre that I'm going to be talking about today, which was inspired by this film. Now, there's been films like it, maybe uh, in in essence, before and since, um, but this film really set up a blueprint. Uh, and like I said, if you've seen the title, you already know what I'm going to talk about, but if you've gone in blind, uh, then, yeah, hopefully you're going to get excited for this one when I talk about it. Um, because I remember this film coming out when I was in college uh, doing uh, music production and I remember seeing the poster and it had that tagline um, dare you see saw and that's what we're going to talk about today so again like I said it is a film that set up its genre it's just a more modern genre Um, and that's the genre of torture porn um, which I think is a a stupid title for a genre but that's what it is this is kind of like what horror does it comes up with these titles and they kind of just run with it um but yeah torture porn films um were started in the early 2000s by saw and it also sparked off escape rooms so you can thank saw for that as well <laughs> but uh, yeah so there's there's this kind of um whole new genre that is very fresh um, that yeah was we, sparked off by Saw. And um, Saw was a low-budget, independent film that was made by two Australian guys, uh, James Wan and uh, Lee Whannell, 
who wanted to make a film fresh out of uh, film school. Um, the reason why they wanted to make this film is because they said they when they were in film school, a lot of uh, the teachers and other students in their classes all wanted to make high art, in quotation mark films. And they weren't interested in that. They wanted to make fun movies. They wanted to make horror movies. They wanted to make entertainment. Uh, so they knew they wouldn't get much money to be able to make a movie. So they said, okay, so w what if we made a movie that was just set in one location? Um, and as you know, if you've seen Saw, uh, it kind of isn't exactly that, but it mostly is that, and that's where the idea came from. What if we set a movie in one location? What could we do with that idea? And that's where the idea of Saw comes from. This escalates from there. Um, if you haven't seen Saw, I would recommend going and see it. Again, it is one of my favourite films. All these early episodes, they are going to be films that I really enjoy because these, these aren't just flat-out reviews. They're also a bit more of a review and a retrospective as well. Um, I thought, like I said, I thought the first few episodes I would talk about some classics um, and really kind of deep dive into them. Um, honestly, not as deep dive as I'd like to, because then the podcast would be about three hours long. Um, but yeah, uh, we'd go into and talk about some really good points in the film, maybe try and get you to see the film in a different light, or maybe give you another chance um, on the film so you might want to watch it again. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about Saw. So spoilers, 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 especially for this one, because spoilers are the ruiner of Saw. Um, if you if you really want to watch it and you don't know what's going to happen, because Saw is one of those films again that also is known for its twist, and a lot of the Saw films would always end with a twist. It needed a twist. It did get a bit silly after a while, but it was one of those where they wanted a twist and they did one hell of a twist for this film. So, spoilers going ahead. We're going to talk about it from now. And um, so Saw, what can we say about Saw that hasn't already been said? Well, I don't know. It is a film that's not as violent as a lot of people think it is. Again, it is that beautiful sentence that I like to say about films that really do stand out in horror of implied violence. There's a lot more violence in this film uh, than the other two that I've spoken about already. But it's still implied violence. And compared to its sequels, it is, it is tame compared to the sequels, especially um, the later ones of like five, six, and seven. Three, Jesus. Uh, we'll talk about the whole, fill, soul, well, start again. We will talk about the whole Saw series at one point. I really will do want to do uh, reviews, proper reviews, just flat out reviews. And I will be doing the whole Saw series at one point. But today, we're going to just be talking about that first one. Um, but it starts off really simply. Alone in the dark, there's a single light and a guy wakes up in a bathtub and the light flows down the drain and he's just in darkness. He doesn't know why he's there. He doesn't know where he is. He is panicking. And in the darkness, he hears a simple, quiet voice uh, telling him to just it's not gonna it's not gonna work nothing's gonna help calm down um and eventually the lights come on and these two men are stuck in this bathroom 
I mean, I've never seen a public bathroom with a bath in and no kind of dividers between the toilets, but that is where they are. Um, and they find that they are chained by the ankle to pipes in the room. And in the middle of the room, there is a dead body. Uh, that uh, Someone who seemingly has shot themselves in the head um, and they are stuck there. And as they try and figure out where they are, what's going on, they find a, a, a simple handheld tape recorder. Now, for the youngins, they might not know what this is, um, but it's a little device that people used to carry around to record memos and stuff with them. Um, it's just click record, and then you would play it back later on. Um, and it's got they they find these little tapes that tell them why they are there, and they tell they're told they need to to figure out how to get out uh, with a certain amount of time, or basically they're dead. Um, and it escalates from there. So a lot of this film is actually set in this one room with these two men... I can't talk today. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, but these two men interacting with each other, trying to figure out why they are there. Um, they both have tapes uh, giving personal message to each one of them. One of them is a doctor who works at a local hospital. And the other is a, as we find out, a uh, basically a private eye. Uh, he fo he is hired by people to photograph them on their day to day to find out what they've been going on, uh, what they've been up to. Basically, um, he, he he seemingly follows around, you know, people cheating on their spouses, people who who who've got interest in other people, essentially. Um, so th that's what he does, and we find that out a little bit later on into the film. While you're watching the film, you see um, that our doctor character is very trying to be calm and controlled, trying to figure out what to do, and our private eye character is very erratic. He's angry, he's upset. In one sense, it's the the iconic line where he says. Uh, what's your name? He says, my name is very fucking confused, which is so stupid. Uh, but it's a great line. I love that line because it kind of sets them up from the off. And uh, they find that um, they can't just simply get out. They do manage to find some hacksaws in the room after a small search. And they find that the saws cannot cut through their chains. The only thing they can cut through is their flesh. And they come to the conclusion at some point they may have to cut off their own feet. And this is the, the idea of the torture porn, they, that these people are being tortured. They have to torture themselves. They have to mutilate themselves or they're going to be mutilated in some way throughout the course of this film. And that's the idea of torture porn. It's people getting violently injured or killed you know it's not just um like slasher kills where it's just like bam and done and oh look at this oh they've got lobbed their head off oh they lobbed their arm off you're gonna see these people suffer um and <laughs> eli roth went away and made hostile which kind of took that whole thing to another idea of people suffering um and and there's a lot of other torture porn films out there but this is what the the basic plot is and around that we have 
flashbacks, we have small drips of information of why they are there and who is doing it to them. And it's the doctor who starts to spark this off. Like who he know he thinks he understands who has done this to them because he's been hearing about it in the news. And obviously he's a doctor, so he may have heard about it around the hospital. But it turns out that there is a serial killer out in the world. Now, in this city, it doesn't say where this city is. With the information that it gives, you can figure out it's probably New York. Um, but obviously there's there's fake street names and there's there's fake um, addresses and building names that don't exist. Um, but it talks about it, how it's on the East Coast, and it talks about it's a major metropolitan city. Um, so you can come to the conclusion that it may be New York. Um, but there is a killer. However, this person doesn't class himself as a killer. What he does is he will seemingly kidnap people and put them in scenarios that will cause them great bodily harm if they can make it out alive. Their idea is to try and make it out alive. They can either die or they can try and escape and come out injured but alive. And this is the, the serial killer known as Jigsaw because uh, every victim that he has, he seems to take a, he cuts uh, the shape of a jigsaw piece out of their skin. And you find out uh, later that this was to imply that they had a piece of themselves missing and that something from them was 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 gone. Um, because he is doing this to inspire people he he only does it to people who he feels have wasted their life or have done something that um, is wrong and they need to prove to themselves um that they they have the strength and the will to keep on living and to be able to do that it's gonna hurt um you find out in later films why he is doing this I mean, it is um, implied, and I think it's in this film, uh, we find out uh, at the end sorry, that it's it's because of a reason, but it's not really played out that much in this particular film. Um, you find out a little bit, but it's the later ones where the lore is kind of expanded upon. Um, so I'll try not to talk about it today in case you watch this and you really like it and you've never seen the other saws. And you said to go and watch them, so go and watch them for yourselves. Um, but I will say going forward, there might be slight spoilers for Saw 3 to 5 billion. Um, so just be careful. <laughs> There's so many Saw films. And there is another one on the way. There is a new one that's going to be coming out. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway. Um, yeah. So these two men in the room realize that they are in a jigsaw trap. And that they need to get out or they will die. And it is a, a large amount of puzzles and uh, kind of cryptic clues that they need to follow to be able to get out. And as the narrative goes on, we find out more and more about our two characters. Um, on the outside, there is a, a narrative going on of the hunt for the killer. So there was a couple of police officers um, one played by Danny Glover. So I don't know how they got Danny Glover for this film, but 
I love Danny Glover. I even have a Danny Glover tattoo. Uh, I have his character from Lethal Weapon tattooed on me. Uh, it says I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> it's on the back of my arm. I absolutely love Lethal Weapon and I love Danny Glover. Um, he's a great in this. He's great in Predator 2. Oh my God, Predator 2. We'll talk about Predator 1 and 2 at some point. I reckon that's going to be one episode. We'll talk about those first two. Anyway, so he and his partner are on the search for Jigsaw. One of the reasons why that the Doctor knows a bit about Jigsaw, didn't want to give it away earlier, is that he is a suspect. So his uh, one of his medical pens was found at a crime scene where a man... Uh, had um, I believe it's found at the one where the the bar barbed wire trap or the razor wire trap where a man a very gluttonous man uh, who had been um, committing self harm is placed in a room surrounded by razor wire and um, there is a trap door in that room and he is told that to be able to get out he's going to have to crawl through the razor wire and um, he'll cut himself but he will survive. And that man dies in that room. Um, and this is where we get the incredible, iconic scene that I don't think they thought it would become an icon, but it did. Um, of our doctor is forced by the police to listen to a, a sore survivor's recount of her, um, her trap. And it takes us to the famous reverse bear trap and if you have not seen the reverse bear trap you need to see the reverse bear trap because it is so cool i fucking love this thing and you can get a mask of the reverse bear trap from mad about horror which is a website you should all visit if you have not um if you've not seen it before where you can get loads of horror collectibles and um like masks and all kinds of apparel it's an awesome website um i don't work with them in any way by the way i just really like that website and i get stuff from there all the time um but the reverse bear trap is a awesome trap and it's the icon of the film of the series it keeps coming back up um where a woman wakes up in a room uh with a device on her head uh and it is wrapped around her head like a a bear trap shape almost it goes over her mouth and over the top of her head and we find out that this is in her mouth. It's it, this device is linked into her mouth, and um, she is told by a video, which is another icon of Saw, which is Billy the Puppet, which is a small kind of puppet on a tricycle that appears on video screens in in Saw trap rooms sometimes to tell them what they need to do. Uh, she's told that if she doesn't remove this bear trap within a certain amount of time, uh, it will reverse of a bear trap instead of clamping around her it will pull her face open and she will die um and it's an absolutely iconic scene now a lot of people may not know that um to be able to get funding and money for this film and to get people to notice them uh they actually shot this scene i think it's called saw 0.5 where it's a short film it's basically this exact scene um, but it's Lee Winnell in this seat instead of the character of Amanda, um, who is the one strapped in the film. Um, 
it's just a it's it's frenetic it's energetic it's scary it's 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 one of those and she survives and our doctor has to watch her recount her experience and it shows the human side of these of these puzzles like they, they are genuinely being put through it and uh, they are being told that if they if they don't do it they will die and you can see Amanda is broken but she seems also kind of relieved and like she does have more respect for her life because of this scenario you found out was she was a drug addict and she was a user and that's why um she was put in this trap and this is what a lot of saw does again in this in this scene in other scenes where that there are people in traps it's all implied violence that the the camera speeds up there's lots of frenetic movements you don't see much blood and guts and you see a knife going in and then you'll see a cutaway shot then you'll see blood um but you won't see gratuitous gore um which comes in the later films a lot of the a lot of the scares a lot of the tension because i i honestly don't i don't often feel that these films are scary uh, the saw films especially they are tense you are put in a scenario where you're like, oh my God, this, is this person going to make it out? That, that they have to do something so crazy to be able to get out. And it's tension. So that's kind of what I find that um, torture porn does. Rather than be scary, it's it's give you that sense of on the edge of your seat tension. Um, which again is, is also part of the fight or flight response. You know, it, it's, it's going look at the, this thing is happening oh my god they might not make it and you get scared for the character you want them to make it out um unless you watch some other the films and you see that they're awful human beings and <laughs> some of the traps get a bit weird and crazy but um yeah so a lot of torture porn is like that it's it's tension or as later torture porn films go it's more disgust and kind of shock um, but I've always classed Saw, the first Saw, as more of a thriller. It's a whodunit. Um, and it's it's very much Seven vibes. If you've never seen Seven, fantastic film, uh, David Fincher, um, a, it, it is a police procedural. Um, so it's, it's very much along those lines, uh, really, more than, say, your hostel or your audition, or something like that. Uh, it's very much, uh, who done it? Who's put these people here? Are they gonna get out of it? It's 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 it's, a, it's that, it's, it's a thriller with extra horror, horror elements. Um, and it really does push the boundaries of, you know, what horror can be. Because let's face it, up, this is early 2000s, up until this point, horror was very much falling off. Um, it was very much either, you know, cheesy, quite, quite poor films. Um, like horror did not have a good time in the nineties, um, but there were some gems in the nineties, but not as much as in the seventies and eighties. Um, it kind of got stuck in the slasher vein. It didn't know what to do with it anymore, um, and then. Scream came out and kind of changed the game. So slashes were back. Like uh, Scream came out, and then you've got 
uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, an urban legend, and a load of films coming out, but again, they were slashers. This is not a slasher. It is two men in a room, two men in a room, so trying to figure out why they're there. And as we go throughout the film, we can see that they're being watched. There is someone um, who seemingly is you know, waiting for them to kind of get this um, escape going. And there's a lot of puzzles and plots along the way. And as we go along, uh, we find out that um, our private eye knows our doctor. He had been hired by somebody to follow him around and take photographs, guessing his wife. It never actually says who actually hired him, but it's probably his wife. However, it could also have been Jigsaw. And because um, it seems that our good doctor is having extramarital affairs uh, with one of his students. Um, it actually gives you a, 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 a hint that this is happening earlier in the film where he's he's not really talking to his wife much. The doctor's not really talking to his wife much. He's working late a lot. Um, the, he's walking through a car park and you see a flash go off, which later on you see it from a different perspective and you hear the flash go off and you find out it was our private eye. Um, but there is something behind the scenes this larger picture going on it's not just these two men in the room there is someone else going in there in there in there watching them um it's very elaborate this whole setup and this one i think it goes on for hours this trap whereas in later films they get about 60 seconds um and again as we go on we find out that um somebody has taken the doctor's wife and daughter hostage and this is where we see a flip we see the private eye get more calm and controlled it seems like it's almost like his attitude changes because earlier on in the film he's very confused and but he is holding information back from the doctor he won't give him his name he won't say what he does or why what why he thinks he might be there um and then when it's revealed that um, the doctor's uh, wife and child have been taken hostage or kidnapped. Uh, the doctor starts to lose his shit. He finds that thing that he wants to live for. He wants to live for his family. Throughout the, the, the story as it goes so far, you can see he's just like, well, maybe we should try this. Maybe we should try that. And as soon as he finds out his wife's life is in danger, he and he gets this I must get out attitude and this is that thing that Jigsaw is talking about you have a piece missing and you have to find that one piece that will keep you going that makes you want to live and for the doctor it is his family he realizes this uh, he keeps saying he never had an affair. It's Again, it's implied that he may have been having an affair. But we don't know what was going on. But when he, as soon as he finds out his wife is in danger, he is in, he's in go mode. He will do whatever it takes to get out of that room. And our private eye then turns to this 
calm down, please, like attitude. He's trying to keep the situation calm. He's trying to think logically, but he seemingly doesn't have anything to keep him going. And this is the kind of the dynamic shift that happens within the, the room. We do have snippets of who this killer might be throughout the film. As it says, it goes from the room and, clip, and then strips off to our police detectives. It even implies that one of the police detectives may be Jigsaw. Um, it, it, it's very shallowly implied, but it is there. So it's this idea that throughout the film, we, we, it could be anyone. And there's this, uh, the kidnapper who's in the rooms. Like, is that Jigsaw? Who is this person that has uh, kidnapped um, our, our, our protagonists? And now I'm going to go into major spoilers. Um, I can't really go further into the film without literally hitting beat for beat what happens, what goes on, tell you the kind of the small little things that they do to try and get out of the room. One of us, there's there's, um, there's little hints and tips and tricks all the way through as they're listening to uh, their small recordings and um, all of that, like seeing the clues around the room and, and thinking logically and seeing what they have around them that helps them try and get out of that room. Um, but I'm going to go into the spoiler of the ending and the big twist. So you have been warned, really, if you want to watch this film and you do not want the twist spoiled, you need to, you need to go and turn it off now, go and watch it and then come back. Our good doctor starts to lose it. He has, he is in, uh, told earlier in the film that he has up until a certain time to get out and to, 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 to do the tasks that are set out before him. Um, one of these tasks is to kill our private eye. Uh, there is a gun with a single bullet in there that they find. Uh, they also find a couple of cigarettes and they find relevant specific pictures and things like that. And we also discover that it's too late. He starts to see that the time it's taken them too long to try and figure out how to get out of the room. So our good doctor decides to do the unthinkable. He will lose a piece of himself to keep the vital piece of his family. So he tourniquets his foot, his leg, and soars off his own foot. And again, it is implied violence. It is not um, shot as, as a gratuitous, as like I said, on later films, like from, from Saw 2, it ramps up a little bit. And then Saw 3, it just goes wild with the violence. It gets so much more violent from Saw 3 onwards. And there is a bit in Saw 3 that is extremely gratuitous and it's right at the start and it makes me... <laughs> every time I think about it, every time I watch it. But in this one, again, what do we see? He ties the foot, he gets his leg out, he puts his clothes in his mouth and he bites down and you see him do a couple of drags of the saw across his shin you see blood and then it cuts away you look at you see his face you see him going pale you hear our private eye character just 
shouting in horror, like, oh, God, please stop. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. And he eventually he gets um, the... the he gets the he gets his foot off. Oh, saw your leg. He's got to saw your leg off, mate. Mate, saw your leg off. At least it wasn't his. I don't know. Was, yeah. At least it wasn't his dick. Saw your dick off, mate. I, I, if if it was if I was in a saw trap and I had to saw my dick off, I'd just die. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, he saws his foot off and he crawls across the room. The gun is on the, in the hand of the corpse. He has the bullet, uh, but he needs to go to the gun. So he crawls uh, to the um, the gun, puts the bullet in, and he says he has to do this to save his family. He loads the gun, and he points it at our private eye. And our doctor is clearly losing blood. He's struggling, but our private eye doesn't really have anywhere to go. He's chained to a pipe. Uh, he threw away his saw earlier in the film, so he can't even saw his leg off uh, to be able to get out of this scenario himself anyway. And the doctor shoots him. Private Eye falls to the floor. And at that moment, the door opens. In walks the man who had held his wife and daughter captive. Sees that he'd killed him. The doctor's like popping off shots at the at the at the man who's walked in the room, but the gun is empty. And it turns out it's an orderly from the hotel that he worked at. Named Zep. Sorry. <laughs> Zep. Um and he starts screaming, Give me back my family. I've done it. Give me him back. And Zep simply says, It's too late. Those are the rules. Rules are rules. And he goes to point a gun at the doctor. And our private eye springs to life, grabs Zep and drags him to the floor. And using the cover of the toilet that is in the room that uh, the, he took off earlier, he beats Zep to death with this heavy slab of porcelain. Again, you don't see it. it is You see it from... Uh, uh, the floor's perspective, looking up, of him slamming this down. You don't see him hitting the body, but you see him performing the act. Again, acts of violence that are implied. We know what he's doing. We don't need to see it. It still makes you wince. It still makes your bones hurt to hear the sound of this porcelain crunching into this man's skull. And we find out the doctor... Says, realizes he needs to leave. Luckily, our private eye is still alive. I don't know if it. We don't know if he meant to keep him alive or not. The doctor says he has to leave. He has to go and get help, or he's going to bleed to death. So he slowly crawls away, and our private eye is left on his own in the room. And then the twist happens, as he is sat there alone with two corpses corpse of Zep and the corpse of the man who they woke up to see lying in the middle of the room who seemingly saw himself and then kicks in that incredible score that incredible theme for Saw that is iconic he stands up and he notices the corpse in the middle of the room starting to move 
this corpse stands up as the private is staring in disbelief. Corpse grabs the top of his head and pulls off some prosthetics. Simply looks at him and says, "The, uh, the key for your restraints is in the bathtub. And we see a shot from the start of the film. That light that was floating in the bathtub, we now see it more clearly having a key upon it. And our private eye realises he remembers that slipping down the drain. And he looks up knowing he is fucked. He is done. He is dead. There's no way of him getting out of this room. He's throwing everything away. The hacksaw's out of, out of shot. He's on his own. He's done. And it turns out the twist was Jigsaw was in the room the whole time. It wasn't Zep that was watching them and uh, causing things to happen in the room. Uh, there's a point where uh, the someone gets electrocuted through the chain. It was Jigsaw this whole time. And Jigsaw simply walks to the door, turns off the light, shouts game over and shuts the door. And the film rings out with the harrowing screams of our private eye. And our film ends. And I love Saw 1. <laughs> it is meticulously written. Yeah, there are some dodgy bits in the cinematography and the effects and some of the acting. Lee Winnell is not the best actor in the world. Um, but it is a extremely well-constructed, thought-out film. And like I said, it is more of a thriller with horror elements than a straight-up horror. But like I said, it created an entire genre. That twist and that, that, that iconic soundtrack, again, like I said, music can elevate a film. I said in a previous episode, music elevates moments. Watching that moment on mute uh, or just, just hearing Jigsaw say, yeah, the, the keys in the bathtub came over. It wouldn't sound, it wouldn't feel as epic, but that it just elevates it. And the film is so well done. And you can see why why James Wan went off to be such an an, an, an appraised director. Um, he actually filmed uh, a film after this with Lee Winnell again called Dead Silence, which is something I'm going to talk about. Um, and that made them realise the kind of films that they want to make and not make. Um, that saw there is a reason why it is so beloved and it has made so many sequels I mean there's there's I think seven in the main continuity alone from Saw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 and Saw 3D and then there was Jigsaw which was a um, a kind of reboot requel almost and then there was Spiral from the Book of Saw and now there's going to be Saw Eight, I think they're calling it, or like it's actually like a direct sequel to Saw 3D. So you can see why there's so many. Um, it's extremely, like I said, extremely well written. The score is fantastic. Yeah, the effects are a bit dodgy because they had a very low budget, but they really used what they had. Like I said, the frenetic camera movements, the 
um, the saturation of greens and blues in the lighting and, and the film um, and the use of um, uh, CCTV footage to kind of convey a voyeurism of the of the film, the the implied violence, the, the very limited use of it to show that um, there is there is horror happening without having to use much money for special effects. Um, and you can see why it spawned so many copycats and why it also spawned so many one-uppers. Because you watch this film and you got to go, oh my God, where can it go from here? Well, the next one has got, I think it's about eight or nine people locked in a house together going through a similar scenario, but everyone's got their own traps. And then Saw 3, well, we, we can't keep putting more people in, so why don't we up the violence why don't we up the the consequences? And so it just gets more and more. And then it goes, okay, well, what everyone loves about the Saw franchise is the traps. So the traps get more and more elaborate. But the first Saw will always have a special place in film history because, like I said, it is an extremely good plot. And the twist actually makes sense. Fun fact, <laughs> it was cheaper to hire an actor, so that is actually Tobin Bell throughout the entire film lying on the floor. It was cheaper to pay Tobin Bell to lie on the floor for a couple of weeks than it was to build a dummy and lie that on the floor. <laughs> what does that tell you about how most actors get paid? <laughs> they don't get paid a lot. There's only the big stars that get the big bucks. Um, yeah everything about Saw is just great. If you haven't watched Saw in a long time or if you've never seen it, I really think you should watch it because it sparked a whole subgenre again of torture porn. Um, it's 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 really good and it's just, yeah, I, I love Danny Glover in this. They didn't have him for very long. The art design, the set design, everything about it just coalesces and works. And instead of going into it thinking, like I said before, don't go in thinking, oh, this is a horror film. Uh, this is a you know a pure like gore fest. Go thinking this is a whodunit thriller with violence. Um, but yeah, five out of five, ten out of ten. Again, I love this film. I love Tobin Bell. I can see why again, Jigsaw the character became an icon of horror because he is just an icon. Tobin Bell is an actor playing the character of. Uh, jigsaw and kramer um it's just fantastic his iconic voice uh, the look that he's got the mannerisms that he has uh really suit the role um but yeah go and watch it and get caught up if you like i'm gonna do uh like i said a full review of every single saw episode uh, film sorry at some point uh, but this is one of those ones again started off another subgenre and that's that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, my view summary of the original Saw film. Um, if you have enjoyed this, please uh, uh, give a, a five star review down below. Um, I, I really that would really help out the podcast a lot. And if you really want to support the show, you can sign up via Patreon. There's a link in the show notes below. Um, there are a couple of different tiers which get a couple of different um, levels of um, kind of uh, 
what's the word? Rewards? That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, it keeps the lights on, keeps me going, keeps me able to, to watch more and more films to be able to talk about and review for you guys. Um, you get bonus things such as bonus episodes. Uh, you'll get access to the, um, the, the private Discord server that I have set up and you can even get a shout out on the show and recommend films for me to watch and review. Um, well, that's everything, guys. From now, it's going to go weekly. Every week on every Wednesday, I'll be releasing an episode, uh, whether it be a retrospective review like today or a review of a new film. Uh, I really look forward to doing more of these in the future because I'm just loving talking about my favourite films. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, guys, happy watching. It's all true. The boogeyman is real. And you found him.